I don't look good in, in shorts and a t-shirt. I'm not going to look the prettiest out there. You get into the fire, you know, the bullets start going. It's kind of where I, I kind of think I'm, I play my best. What is an NFL quarterback rule like? So two years ago, I trained Sam Darnold and Josh Allen and Kyle Allen. That was my draft class. I think that this league is filled with opportunities and the guys that, that stay in the league for a long time are the guys that take advantage of those opportunities. I'm just a big believer in repetition. I'm a big team guy and goals never end. I'm just a big, 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 big team guy and goals. Once I stepped on that field today, I was good, man. Welcome to The Room. This is episode 19. Got a great guest. Very timely for this guest as the college football playoff approaches and uh, really college football season ends too. But if you're just tuning in for the first time, this is The Room. My name is Jordan Palmer. Played in the league for a while as a backup quarterback. Training a lot of guys for the last probably decade or two. A lot of guys playing on Sundays and Saturdays. Kyle Allen, current quarterback for the Houston Texans, five-year NFL bet. We've spent a lot of time together as as buddies and also as a you know coach-player situation too. And now we are co-hosts together on this concept. Trying to bring what we think is the most relevant room in any building in all of sports, the quarterback room, to you. So we got a different guest on every single week. We got topics, things to talk about. And but we're not doing a ton of what do you think about the score of that one game over there? Like everybody else is doing, we're we're looking at this a little different. So Kyle, how are we feeling, man? Season's almost kind of approaching here to the end. Season one of the room is almost approaching the end too. And I think, you know, what we set out to do is we set out to bring everybody into the quarterback room, the most important room in any building in all of sports. And I think if you've listened to the episodes already, if you haven't, go back and listen to some of the old episodes. But if you've been along for our journey so far and you've listened to the episodes, you realize like the quarterback room is the most interesting room in any sport. We've had awesome conversations with all our guests. You know, we have different from from Ryan Fitzpatrick to Kirk Cousins to Josh Allen to Kate McNamara. Now today with our guest Max Duggan of TCU in the college football playoff just declared for the draft coming out next year. I think he's going to be training with you, Jordan. And then off of a runner up for the Heisman. Off a runner up for a Heisman after being benched at the beginning of the year. We'll get all into all that in the interview. But like I said, if you haven't listened to any of our episodes from before, go back and listen. They're awesome. Season two is coming up or season one's coming up to an end. Season two, we will be renewing after the NFL playoffs this year. We're really excited. Season two is going to bring a lot more cool stuff. So stick around for that. But right now we're going to get into episode 19. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram. Got all the content coming out here. But as always, we're going to start off our show with throw it deep or check it down. Throw it deeper, check it down. If you like the take, we're going to throw it deep. If we don't like the tape, we're going to check it down. So today we just got one. Uh, we just finished recording our interview with Max. We're going to get into that right after this, but we got a good one to start off with right here. So college football landscape. Talked a lot about the college football landscape over the past, you know, shifting, couple of weeks. shifting crazy. We talk a ton about this in the quarterback room in the Texans. We talk like all the time. Really? I mean, it's, it's well, crazy. you, you mentioned this like, 13 episodes ago though. But like when you say the quarterback room of the Texans, three five-star quarterbacks in that room. Okay. Three five-star quarterbacks. For context. Okay. So what are you Pep, guys talking about? Pep Hamilton, who had coached in college football forever, coached at Michigan under Harbaugh, coached at Stan, like, you know, so a lot of different perspectives, but the college football landscape is like, it's never been before. So the take right here is commitments don't mean as much as they used to in college football recruiting. Throw it deeper, check it down. I'm throwing it deep. They don't mean anything. It's like it used to it so it's never really meant anything, right? Like put it in writing or, you know, let's you know, let's let the ink dry or insert all these different cliches right there. But like nothing's finalized until the contract is signed. That's not a new concept here. That's business, that's legislature, that's everything, right? It's marriage, that's divorce, that's everything, right? Birth certificate. I said a kid the other day, right? Like, so everything's gotta be like, we need a contract, we need to sign it, right? And people think like, oh, I signed with this school. This kid's going to Oregon. I'm making up a school name. But really what you're doing is you're signing a contract with that school that you're going to give them all these things and you're going to provide these things and they're going to give you this thing in exchange, right? So the commitment has never really actually meant anything until the contract signed. That's not new. But it used to kind of like low-key like be a bad look to decommit, right? Well, you gave them your word, mm -hmm. right? My, you know, my parents taught me to honor my commitment, right? It's, I'd hear these things and I agree, yeah. right? But 
what's happened because the transfer portal, and I'm not just blaming the schools. I feel bad for college football coaches, by the way, for having to live through this shit. But like what's flipped is because that school might need to, they might lose somebody in the portal. They might have to get another guy in the portal. You're, the thing that you committed to can change overnight now. Right, so you could be a sophomore in high school committed to. I'll make up a school, Texas. Okay, I'm committed to Texas, and this guy's the junior, and then you're looking at the room, okay, and then this guy's a freshman, so I'm gonna have to beat that guy out. It's Texas, so they're gonna recruit somebody really good, so I'm gonna have to always, you know, whoever they go sign, you know, freshman kid, I'm gonna always have to beat out some four or five star. But all of a sudden, what's happened now because of like the portal in NIL is is like, no, they just got. Drake May from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they just got some dude who's only got one more year left or two more years left. He's a first round pick. Well, hold on. I didn't commit to that. So to summarize all this is I don't think the commitment has changed. I think what kids are committing to is changing so much. It makes the commitment irrelevant. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree. You got to throw it deep on this one. And just hearing you say that just the, the, multitude of different scenarios that could happen as a high school recruit. I'm putting my mind back into my high school recruiting days, right? When You're I was five star, when I, yeah, I had, you know, my pick of the litter back in high school. Right. And even then I was stressed out. I remember when I committed to A&M, I thought there was a quarterback called Brandon Harris back then. You probably remember him. He ended up going to LSU, but you know, he was almost going to commit to A&M and there was a couple other guys I was thinking there and I really wanted to go there. And I was like, man, if like, if they go there, I can't go there. Like I'm screwed. I got to find somewhere else to go. So that was like back then when it only mattered when you were thinking about your high school recruiting class. Now factor in every other quarterback in the country who is allowed to transfer and that school might take. Like, what do you do as a high school recruit? Like, uh, yeah, I feel bad for the coaches, but as like a high school recruit, like what is important to you when you're committing? Like, I I think early on you're you're committing to if they have a good young starter. Obviously, it's the place I want to go. If they have a good young starter. And I am doing that and I am looking around and I'm better understand the landscape Mm -hmm. and you got to respond and react. Yeah. It's almost like it's almost you flip your thinking, right? Like you don't, you don't really mind if there's a young guy playing right there, like a freshman or a sophomore that's doing well. Right. It's almost a little bit more security because then guys from the outside aren't going to come in. You almost don't want to go somewhere where it's a senior who is a baller and is going to leave for the NFL. And then that spot's open at the end of the year. Right. You just see this where with our guests, we're about to have Max Duggan. He's just declaring for the draft. And I'm sure there's plenty of guys in college football who would love to go to TCU right now. Right. So think about recruits trying to go there. I just think from a high school recruit standpoint, it just, I wonder what is important to them at this point. Like, I don't know what I would think was important to me right now. Yeah, it's evolving and they got their head on a swivel, man. It's like a walk on run down on kickoff. It's like, I don't know where this is coming from, but it's coming. But you know what? Um, you have walk on a kickoff. Well, I'm going to tell this story real quick because we don't have any more third for checking out. We're going to get into the interview with Max. It was a great interview, but we had this thing in college and it was called the shit bowl. Okay. It's kind of a fucked up name, but it was called the shit bowl. Every Thursday, like we would have an unpadded practice. It was kind of our prep before our walkthrough on Friday before the game on Saturday. So Thursday was our walkthrough practice. But if you were a walk-on, you had all your pads in your locker. You had your shoulder pads, you had your helmet, and you had your pants. And after the walkthrough practice, the walk-ons would go out and they would have the shit bowl. And it would be the offense of walk-ons versus the defense of walk-ons. And the starters would be the coaches of each team. And you would do like three or four series against each other from like the 40-yard line going in. And whichever side stopped him or scored the most times won. Was there enough? Was this 11 on 11 or? Well, it was full 11 on 11. Like this is A&M. So you had like tons of people, tons of walk-ons, you know, there's so many walk-ons and we had this roll of toilet paper and with Sharpie, it said, you're the shit. And whoever was the MVP of the shit bowl that day, they threw the toilet paper to them and the MVP of that week. And it's so fucked up. Dude, how do they not have, you might change the name, but like, that sounds amazing. Like that's like. Oh, it was like the funnest the part of the thing. They like those walk-ons, like 
they picked the Wednesday night to be the night that they didn't drink that night that yeah, week exactly. to get ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> the other six. Like our favorite lit. part of the week, it was me and Connor McQueen just out there calling plays, like trying to dial it up to win the ship bowl every Thursday. It was so awesome. Well, you mentioned it, man. This is a great guest. We yeah. just recorded this with him. Just, you know, he's getting ready for a big game. So we built it around him. But uh, yeah, I, to be honest, and we'll talk about it, but like I, I didn't know this guy a ton. I've been around him a little bit. Everything I got exposed to on him, I was like, man, I'm a fan. I think he's got a chance. But as I've gotten to know him better, I'm like, I oh, know this is a real one. This is not some like had a crazy year and we'll see what happens. This is like I, I would that and it's a fascinating interview and really interesting. There's a lot of stuff I thought I knew about him. I didn't I definitely didn't know everything. So let's go ahead and get into it. This is Max Duggan from Council Bluffs, Iowa, starting quarterback four years in a row at TCU taking on Michigan as the third-ranked team in the country with a chance to win a natty in a year where I do think it's up for grabs. With no further ado, let's get into the interview with Max Duggan. All right, we got a really sick guest this week, someone who I don't know, someone who JP is pretty familiar with, but someone who I've followed kind of over the last year, really. been watching a lot more college football. JP knows this. I've been trying to get good on college football this year, but seeing a lot of games. You had a lot of primetime games. TCU's own Max Duggan. Thanks for taking the time 10 days before the college football playoff. How you doing, bro? Good. How are you guys? Appreciate you guys having me on. We're good, dude. We're great. We're stoked to have you on. Jordan, you guys are you guys know each other pretty well though, right? I mean, honestly, it's just really Elite 11. I met him in that process and and then just watched from afar. Watched him play and then we kind of got reconnected this year. So, Kyle knows this, but I interact with guys all sorts of ways. Some dudes like Kyle kind of started working when he was 16 every offseason since and he's, you know, like an adult now. There's guys that I just kind of just draft prep, just a couple of years, whatever. So Max just kind of came back into the mix and, and, and yeah, we've been talking a little bit more lately and dude, I've had a blast watching this year. I love the, whether it's underdog story or just this wasn't supposed to happen mm-hmm. this way. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of those. And so I'm fired up to get to know you better and forgive other people a chance to get to know you better. Because one of the things is that's true in college and pro football is the media always wants to talk quarterback. But what's true, and most people don't realize is, or think about it this way, is yeah, they also only want to talk about the exact same quarterbacks. Like the only thing happening in the NFL right now is like a list of like six or seven quarterbacks. And yet there's some other dudes, there's some interesting stuff happening. Until the Heisman rolled around, I think you were one of those guys where everyone knew the school, the team was good. They knew the quarterback was balling, didn't realize second place in the Heisman voting ball in and, uh, and a chance to win a national championship. So I'm pumped to get to know you better and to give, chance, give people a chance to do the same thing. So thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, the way you guys play on TCU too, like talk about some fun fucking football to watch. You guys just chuck that bitch deep, bro. Like what from going from, because you were with Gary Patterson before, right? So Gary Patterson mm-hmm. there forever. You get Sonny Dykes in. Sonny Dykes is known as forever as an air raid guy he was back at cal when i had buddies at cal he was in texas another sport i forgot which one but what is the difference going from a guy like gary patterson to sunny dykes where i've really only started watching tcu football this year but it seems like every ball is 20 plus plus yards down the field yeah it's been awesome you know you get coach dykes and you know he's in that kind of air raid you know coaching tree under under you know all, all the greats but it's just been fun because he goes out there and he puts so much confidence in us as an offense, as a team, you know, be bold, be aggressive, you know, not don't be reckless, but, you know, we're, we're going to take our shots. And, you know, it's awesome when it's like, you know, first drive of the game and, you know, first, fourth down, fourth and one, you're on your 50 yard line. He's like, you know, we're going for it. You know, we're not going to punt. We're going to go for it. We go for, you know, on fourth, you know, multiple times throughout the game, take chances. You know, we're throwing the ball around the field, you know, throwing it downfield, trying to have some fun. You know, people don't go to games to, watch a three to two game, you know, they want to see points up on the scoreboard. So it's been cool. Yeah. Especially from TCU this year. So you guys preseason, you were picked seventh to finish seventh in the big 12, right? You were announced as the backup before the season too. Like quarterback battles in college are real. And like, when you lose those battles, you feel like, you know, your career might be over at that point. So you lose that battle in August. Now, fast forward to right now, you just got runner up for the Heisman. Your team's in the college football playoff, number three, playing number two, Michigan, with a real shot to win and make it to the final. Oh, they're a favorite in my house. Not yeah. just saying that either. You guys should beat them, I think. Right? Yeah. So, from your perspective, like, real shit, like, how do you think that happens from you, from going from August, I'm the two, thinking I was going to be the one coming in the year, 
to now being able to persevere through that and get to this point. Yeah, man, it's been surreal. Like, you know, I was fortunate enough to play a little bit coming up and then you go into your senior year. And well, how many, know, sorry, how many games did you start before? About 40, maybe a little bit over 40 coming into the senior year. So um, That's a little, that's a lot yeah, I was, I was fortunate enough to, to be able to play, you know, get thrown in there as a freshman. And then obviously we, we weren't very good the last three years. You know, I was responsible for a lot of that of not playing very good. And, you know, we hadn't made a bowl game since I've been there. So when you get a new staff, obviously you're going to go in, you know, let's have a quarterback competition. Let's open this thing up. You know, I, I, I didn't win it coming out of fall camp. I was pretty disappointed in myself, obviously, just as a competitor. You know, you want to you want to be the guy. Real quick, was it a dead heat and they and he was a little bit better and they went with him? Or do you really feel like let's set aside like self-deprecation and humility? Did you did you get beat out? Like were at that point, were you feeling like I got beat out or were you feeling like Man, it's dead even they went with him, and it's obviously probably fine to say whatever you think now, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, I, I did get beat out, and I'll and I'll say that, and it's, you know, the other kid, you know, Chandler, he, he had an amazing camp, and I, and, and I think, and I knew this kind of going in, is that as my playing ability, I, I don't look good in, in shorts and a T-shirt. I don't look good, you know, throwing seven on seven. I'm not going to look the prettiest out there, but, you know, when, when you know, you get into the fire, you know, the bullets start going is kind of where I, I kind of think I'm, I play my best. And it's kind of hard to replicate that in fall camp, you know, when, when, you know, stuff starts hitting the fan. So obviously when you get into the, into the season, you know, bad stuff goes on, you got to, you know, adversity hits, you got to, you know, kind of get back out there is when I kind of thrive in my head, you know, where I can kind of, you know, play my, my best, my highest. I love it. You said, you said you, and again, I, I love the humility and all that, but you said, the first three years, you didn't. A lot of that was your fault, right? That not playing well. I think any starting quarterback would say that, and it's true more than others in certain cases. Well, then now you just you just lit it up. So maybe what's one or two things that you you would say you were bad at that clicked for you this year, or you know, offensively we we're able to solve for that, or maybe just your development. Like, what is the difference between the first three years and the fourth year? Yeah, there's obviously a ton of development that I think I, I improved on, but I think the biggest thing was I was tr- always trying to make the, you know, big play, that fantastic play, and try to instead of trying to make the right play, mm-hmm. you know, I was always trying to make the, you know, the sick sports center highlight tape, trying to do too much, trying to fit a ball in when I probably shouldn't in a window, you know, getting picked, you know, trying to make a play in a pocket and, and losing the ball and fumbling it. And coming to this season, I think just taking a step back and just, you know, like, you know, JP, we talk about just putting the ball in play, letting our guys go be athletic, you know, let them do their thing, just kind of be – the guy out there that's, you know, high completion, right. Putting it out there, letting the guys go, you know, be themselves, be confident, you know, play a little bit looser and not as, you know, tight, I think. Yeah. That's a tough line to balance. You know, I feel like, especially with the way you guys play on offense with so many big plays, it's tough to balance. Like, when do I, when do I press? When do I push it a little bit? When do I try and fit in that window? And when do I, you know, get it to my guys in space? Is there, when I think about that, right. When I go into a game trying to figure out, you know, all right, let's play with great ball security. Let's get the ball in play, right? I usually tell myself like the same thing before every drive and every play, you know? I walk up like out loud, I'll tell myself, have a plan, have a plan, have a plan, have a plan every play. Is there something that you'd like to tell yourself like self-talk wise before each play? Yeah, so I think that I, you know, my dad was my high school coach. You know, he was a a high school coach for, you know, 35 years. But the thing that I, he always talked to me was SEC, shortest, easiest completion. And I think that's before the start of the drive. It's like, all right, where can I find my easiest completion? You know, it might be a hit route. It might be a little quick screen, quick hitch route. Anything to kind of just get you going, like maybe get, you know, four yards, get the, you know, momentum going, build your confidence up. I think that's kind of my thought process at the beginning of a drive, you know, whether it is a, a run or, or throw, just, hey, where's my where's my easiest completion, shortest? Something to just kind of get our the ball moving, get our guys to kind of relax a little bit. I think we've seen this. I talk about this a lot with, with young guys, especially, but even in the media and stuff, like when I grew up, I, I, so I'm 38. When I was little, Allen Iverson was like my favorite player. So I'd watch Allen Iverson in the NBA. And then as I think as I got older, like in high school and college, and I was just like, I, I understood basketball better. You know what I mean? And I started watching. I really started liking Steve Nash and then Chris Paul and like, the, and, and Tony Parker. My freaking roommate in college is like the biggest, most obnoxious Spurs fan. They won like three titles when I was in college. It was ridiculous. Oh, Spurs. So. so, but really what it was, was like this, the best point guards in the league became, yes, they'll totally hit a three if it's open mm-hmm. and they can create a shot. They can hit a step back jumper too. But what they're really doing is they're passing it to somebody who has a super high percentage shot. Mm-hmm. Like Tim Duncan had more layups 
right? Catch, one dribble, ball up, layup than anybody, right? And he was like MVP. It's not like they weren't covering him, right? And so it's really like what they become is great distributors of the basketball. So they might do something to create or they're just not greedy and they take the thing that's right there. And I just think there's been this evolution of quarterbacks where we've got in the NFL right now some guys who are highlight machines, right? Like Josh, Patrick, you know, Joe, Herbert, these guys are making like five, six, seven, eight highlight plays a game. But they're also super consistent on bubble screens. They take that shallow cross and hit him in stride. Like they'll eyes downfield, pump fake, kick it to the flat real quick, right? And so they're distributing the football but making the plays that are there. As I look at guys projecting from college to pro, I, I just said I think it's happening all the time with the best players. So it's got to be something I care about as I help guys transition from college to pro. It's something I look for in guys like Max. I see it in you. Like, do, does that make sense? Do, is that part of your evolution of like when you say SEC and, and you know, shortest, easiest completion like this one year under Garrett Riley? Because it's not just Sonny Dykes. Garrett Riley has that. Is, a, is it like a switch went off? Is it a light bulb or is it just you got a year's worth of repetition and this is the path you're heading down? I think it was a little bit of both of, you know, Coach Riley coming in and kind of honing in on it of, you know, you know, we got dudes that that can play and, and us putting it in play, you know, that's all you can ask for because, you know, those, those dudes can go make plays. But I think being a, a starter for the last three years and you start to understand tendencies of yourself, you understand the flows of games and college football of things that have worked, things that haven't worked. And, you know, understanding that obviously when you get your shots, you need to take them. But yeah, you, like you said, throwing a, you know, a little shallow cross, throwing a bubble screen, throwing a hitch and just putting it in play. And, you know, that five yard hitch might turn into, you know, 13, you know, on, on a third and, you know, 12 or something like that. So I think just evolving and maturing, you know, into the position and watching guys, whether it was guys older than me in college, guys in the, in the league right now and seeing how they play the position and really studying them has, has helped me a lot. I like how you keep saying that, putting it in play. I don't think I've heard that before. Put it, it's like, like, like just baseball, you know, like just put it in play, man. Something yeah, good. Just see, see what happens, man. That's all you can ask for. You don't know what can happen. Yeah. Jordan, you're going back to your point with a lot of these guys like Pat. We played the Chiefs this this last weekend, close game. We ended up losing in overtime. But after the game, we go we went back and look at the stats, right? Pat's 36 of 41. Doesn't even feel like it, right? It's just like you look back and you're like, no way. He was 36 of 40 run. Like it just it's almost like playing golf with a really good golfer and you look up after the round and they shot like a 68 and you're like, holy shit. Like, it just doesn't like, they just keep doing the same thing. They keep doing the right thing. They're not missing. They're putting it in play. They're, they're checking it down, you know? And, and I think after watching that and Pat, and I just love when we play against guys like that, young guys in their career who are really good, like playing with Pat and play with Josh and even watching Joe and film. Those guys are the kind of the evolution of the game when I see it. And you just mentioned it, Max, you said you watch a lot of guys in the NFL who are some of your favorite guys right now to watch? Probably some of those guys, if I had to guess. Yeah, you know, I, I was talking to Jordan, like, even, you know, before we started getting into to know each other. But Joe was just a, an awesome guy to watch a mobility-wise and pocket presence and things of that sort of, of getting, you know, not really off-platform in the pocket, but just slight movement and things yep. of that sort and being ready to trigger the ball. Um, obviously, I grew, I grew up a Green Bay fan, so – you know, you watch Rogers, obviously you don't want to, you know, mimic him in every way, but you know, the things that he can, he can do with his arm and, and the shots that he can take with ball placement and, and quick release and things he does on play actions with fakes and, you know, on the run, things of that sort. So there's just a couple of things that you can kind of, you know, take from guys, obviously you're not trying to be them, but just take little things that you might see that could probably help you. Joe's a machine this year, Jordan. Joe's an absolute machine. It's unbelievable to watch on film, dude. He hasn't missed in a minute, man. And he's got guys for sure, but decision making, it's the accuracy. It's like the only the only mistakes he's making right now is if somebody jumps up and bet tips it in the air. That's mm-hmm. it. He's got, I think, twenty something touchdowns and four picks in the last run. Four picks that were tipped at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, did you see what he said the other day? He was like, The only time I throw picks anymore is if it's tipped. It's a tipped yeah. ball. <laughs> he's so yeah. cocky, but it's it works. It's so. like low key and it doesn't bother anybody. I know. It's yeah. like great. It's just turned out to who he is, man. Uh, but I think with Joe, it's just the efficiency. They're just you. You can now watch an entire game and not see an inefficient movement. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, the appendectomy set him back. The knee surgery set him back two years ago. But he's on a trajectory right now. I'm probably going to be out in Cincy here in two weeks for when Josh comes to town. So January second, mm-hmm. we got Buffalo at Cincy, and that game's going to matter a lot to both teams. So, oh yeah, big AFC. It's going to be dope. Going to matter a lot for Cincy too. They got to win both teams. Oh yeah. 
Well, and Buffalo for the number one in the playoffs too. So, so yeah, we're talking about NFL guys too, Max. We had Taylor Heineke on earlier this year. I think when I watch you play in those games, especially we watched like our whole team was watching the the TCU K State game in the in the hotel the night before the game. We were all getting food right before our meetings, watching your guys' Big Twelve game. When I see you play, it kind of reminds me of a guy like that. You know, it's almost like I want to say Big Benish, but you run a lot more. You know. It seems like you like to take some hits early in games. It's you like to to feel that to get yourself set. And it's like you said, you don't you look you don't good in shorts. You look good out in there in the fire. Is that something like? Do you like to take a hit early on in the game to get going? Yeah, I think it helps a lot to kind of settle in. You know, get your bell rung a little bit, kind of get oh, yeah. you into the game, get you feeling you know like you're playing now. Once you get that big hit out of the way, then you know usually whatever you're feeling, you know, pregame is usually gone after that, and you know you're feeling pretty good. Remember Johnny Manziel used to tell that to me. Johnny was like he would always want a quarterback run called on the first play of the game. You go back and look at his like junior year at AM, every first play of the game was a quarterback run call. He needed it to set his pads. So you go into a game against Michigan like this, college football playoff, probably the biggest game of your career right now, and defense that's – I didn't realize this. I I picked Ohio State. When it was Ohio State-Michigan, I had picked against my coach. I said, I gave Ohio State minus 14 points. I was like, Ohio State's going to blow them out. It's Michigan. Like, they're not going to do it. And then Michigan ended up blowing them out. You're playing against a good defense like this. What do you think that when you go into a game like this, do you think you need to run more because of that? Do you think like that's something that you need to put on your shoulders or is it still just kind of like, Hey man, I'm just need to put the ball and play this game. Yeah. I think going into this, you know, we know how good they are, especially defensively what they do, but I think, you know, we gotta, you know, we can't be scared or think of a brand, you know, like they're, they're this or anything like that. We know how good they are, but I, I don't think we can shy away from, you know, what our identity is and what we do best. And I think just playing our game going in there, being confident, you know, being bold and aggressive out there, you know, doing our thing. Obviously, we try to be balanced, but uh, kind of get a feel for the game of what they're giving us. You know, obviously, we get a couple of weeks to prepare for them, but just being us, not really shying away from our identity and just going out there, you know, kind of spinning it around a little bit. TCU's on the map right now, man. We'll see with you declaring and leaving early for the draft. We'll see kind of what happens there with which quarterback ends up coming in if they go that route. And you guys got a chance to win a national championship here and then whatever's going to happen after this. So when I left Cincinnati Bengals, it was Andy Dalton came in. So Andy Dalton came in, second round pick, lockout. I organized all the team workouts out here in Orange County. And Andy was a young rookie dude, came in a part of that and was kind of had to make a choice back then of like, am I going to help this guy or am I going to not acknowledge that he's in the room? And honestly, like people choose right, right down the middle, 50, 50, you know, sorry, dude. I, can't help it. You know what I mean? So I, anyway, so I chose, I chose the first one. Right. And so and we've got a great relationship. You kind of came in when Andy left. Right. So it, it, what was that like? Because really before Andy, I mean, Andy was Rose Bowl. Andy was second round pick that he wasn't like the 15th at TCU quarterback in a row. Talk a little bit about your entry point, even though it feels like 10 years ago, Andy Dalton and having an NFL guy that you kind of came in into college. Yeah, it was awesome. Cause you know, Andy has his legacy that's, you know, so big at, at TC and what he did was was put TC on the map. You know, he was the guy, you know, taking TC to win a Rose Bowl, you know, bring him to the Fiesta Bowl, you know, so many, you know, league championships, going undefeated, things of that sort. And he, he put TC on the map and made people kind of, you know, recognize what they were doing. And then he goes, you know, into the NFL and he's still playing today. And he still has such a good relationship, you know, with, with me and, you know, our guys on the team, TCU and the community still around. You know, he's got a house down here. His family's awesome. But it's just awesome to, you know, see his legacy. And, you know, that's when you come in as a kid, you know, that's who you want to be like. That was the name that you wanted to be like, you know, could you do what he did? You know, could you build TCU up just as he did? You know, make kids want to go here, make TCU in a better spot, you know, bring this program, you know, back to the top. And that was something that, you know, I wanted to do. And I watched from afar growing up. Do you have red hair? I do. Lightly ginger. I think that's got to be the code, right? It's just not worked until we get another. Nothing like Andy, though. Andy is. Andy's yeah, is red. crazy too. After you know what, Andy's orange. career switched when he when he got the haircut. You remember he was just kind of like whatever Andy, and then that one year he came with the flow. Here's the thing though, Andy from day one, he's always had swag. He's got the long tee that's cut cool. He's got the fade like he's like the stuff all matches the shoes that are out. Like he's always had his own swag. His dad swag now. He's got three. We're in the same setup. He's got three kids. Him and JJ. His wife's amazing. Like. But like he's always had like always had swag. It's just the orange hair. It just it throws you for a loop. And his is orange. Yours is more like that's what I said. He's like Darnie's, like Sam. Yeah, just I, like yeah, like my brother. Just out. like a little my, bit. my beard. This shit turns orange. 
my hair is like bl- dirty blonde, but like, like I don't know what the lighting is in here, but like I'm, 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 gin- I'm ginger beard for sure. His is definitely redder though, right now for sure. Yeah. All right, Max, we got a couple games for you, and then we'll let you go study against Michigan's defense since I know that's what you're doing at 7:30 p.m. on a Tuesday. All right, the first one. So you guys are the Horn Frogs, which I just don't even know if it's a real animal. To be honest with you, I don't believe it. I don't believe it, to be honest, but we're going to play a game that's called, is it a mascot? All right. We're going to give you mascots from other colleges and you're going to tell us if it's a mascot or not. All right. Is he get like bonus points if he can say the name of the school too? Yeah. If you can name him, you get a bonus point. There you go. All right. First one, it's the kangaroos. Is it a mascot? But this isn't like, this isn't like a a rugby team in Australia. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Kangaroo. I'm going to go. Yes. Mascot. That's correct. It's the university of Kansas city, Missouri. Nice job. The kangaroos. Very indigenous. I kind of feel like I need. Yeah, that's it's like the Jaguars are just roaming around Jacksonville, Florida. I, there's a couple of these that I'm like, ooh, I need a I need a University of Kansas City, Missouri kangaroo flat bill for sure. Dude, it's like all the double A teams. It's like my my uh, like sixth grade baseball team was off a double A team called the Biscuits. And we literally just had a fucking biscuit as our hat. It was the best. <laughs> all right. Next one. The Demon Deers. The Demon Deers. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna. Th- I'm gonna. I'm gonna say yes. It's up in like the Midwest. Oh, no, it's not. That'd be oh. fun. got him. Deers. And you read it wrong because deer is one of those words where it's like plural <laughs> and singular. <laughs> so that would have been. I would have. In college, you should correct me here. All right, the fighting camels. I'm gonna go. No, not off to a hot start. That's a yes. Dude, that's, that's Campbell. All right, here we go. I gotta lock in here. Fighting camels. Campbell University is what that is. Oh, whatever okay. that is. I don't know where Campbell is. I don't either. All right, next one, banana slugs. Yes. Correct. UC Santa Cruz. That's a like that's a solid one. Banana that's a slugs. really good one. They got a good baseball program, so like a lot of people is on the West Coast like know the banana slugs. They got banana slugs merch. Yeah, they do. I need. I'm get sure it. I'm sure it pops through. All right, next one, the Sea Dragons. I'm gonna go no. You're technically right, but also it's an XFL team, so you're wrong. Oh. oh. My no. bad, JB. <laughs> you just met a sea dragon last week. I didn't. I didn't know the team names. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know. I'm all of them right There's like the team. Vipers and stuff like that. They got. They got cool names though. The sea I dragon. Have all of them. The best one is is the the Seattle hockey team. The new one, the Kraken. Oh Come yeah, on. Kraken, sweet. All right, last one, the Cyclops. I'm gonna go no. Correct. There you go. And then just for fun, the Horn Frogs. I'm telling you, it's a real thing. Like down here in Texas, they're real things. They they wander around the desert. They wander around. They're super small, but they are real. Are they poisonous? I don't know. They're more of a toad than a frog, though. Oh, so. hear that? The horned toads over here. Horny toad. <laughs> okay, we got yeah. one more game, and then we got QB to QB, and then two minute drill. We'll get you out of here, okay? So TCU first time in the college football playoff, right? Pretty awesome, dude. How yeah. long has college football playoff been around? Do you remember? I was talking to Jake about this before our producer. Do you remember when it was the BCS? Oh yeah, I remember. I remember the first year of the playoff. TCU got you know they got knocked out of it. They went from three to six after beating Iowa State by like fifty five. Really? They dropped yeah. that winning the last week of the year. That was when the Big Twelve didn't have a championship game. So oh. them and Baylor, Baylor beat them. Baylor also had a loss. So then they got knocked out for Ohio State. Ohio State ended up winning the whole thing, so they kind of got it right. But yeah, yeah, we remember that very, you know, you know, very much around TCU community. Wow, yeah, no respect. Were you there? I was not there. No. Okay, I was gonna say that seems like a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but TCU's first year in the college football playoff. Congratulations, if we haven't already said so. Sir, so we're gonna play a first impression game. These are names around the college football playoff. We're just gonna rattle off names quick. We're gonna give you a name. You give us your first impression of this name. All right. All right. First one, Kirk Herbstreet. I like him. I don't. He always picks against us on game day, though. But yeah, we got to get him to pick the Horn Frogs a little bit more. I do. You think he's gonna pick you against Michigan? Doubt it. Doubt it. Come on, Kirk. It's all right. It's all right with us. All right. He's our guest next week, by the way. He is. Okay. Our, we'll ask him. <laughs> we'll tell him. <laughs> yeah, let him know. Next one, Pat McAfee. Oh, I love him. He's. I love watching his show. He's a good dude. He brings some energy to game day. He started to become a fan of TCU, but it's been awesome. Great energy to game day. They mm-hmm. had their best numbers ever this year. Do you see that, Jordan? Yep. Okay, Michigan's defense. Yeah, pretty damn good. It's gonna make our make our job a little bit tough, but uh, you know we're excited about the opportunity. Everybody's beatable, man. First impression of him. Yeah, he's a he's a low key guy, but you know when he needs a you know, rip someone's butt. He gets a little bit scary. You know, found that out pretty quickly in, in a team meeting when someone walked in late. So, but I love the guy. <laughs> Got to set the tone early. Jim Harbaugh. 
You know, don't know much about Coach Harbaugh, only that he, him in his khaki pants, he used to recruit a couple kids around my, my area. I know he was always wearing the khaki pants, pretty big deal, so. Khakis. You know what else comes to mind when I think of Harbaugh, Jordan? Is his sleepovers on his recruiting visits. Dude, he's so lame. Like, he's my <laughs> least favorite person in college football, I think. Not even not even of recent, too. I just like the collective of all of it. And I don't really talk trash on anybody. I just, uh, I'm just like, I don't believe it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll move on from that one. Quentin Johnson. My dog. That's my guy. You yeah. know, I can close my eyes and, you know, punt it to him. I should probably get picked a lot, and he he bails me out. So, good thing he's on our team. Always good. You know what I used to say is, like, sometimes when you got a front side concept and you got your guy backside, the go route check down is not the worst thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, find your one-on-ones. If you got if you got a one-on-one with him, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go find it. He's a baller, man. CJ Stroud. Yeah, he's a dude. You know, he's a humble guy. It was good to meet him, you know, during the Heisman ceremony. The kid's got a... You know, he's a, he has an awesome why. So just getting to see him and him be successful has been awesome. Yeah, it seemed like everyone that was there, just awesome, high-character dudes, like great people. It seemed like a really solid group this year. Yeah, it was awesome. Four completely different stories. Yeah. Awesome. Completely different. Awesome. It's like, this is like one of my favorite Heisman, just like most memorable Heisman. Because, like, you know, working with young guys, like there's four completely different, like, you know, starting points that ended right here. And it was just like so rad. And they're great dudes. You know? Do they, did they tell you why? Like they cut off, like, cause they always invite a different amount of people every year. Did they tell you why they cut it off at four and didn't invite Hendon Hooker? I don't know why they, obviously I'm not up there and they don't, they don't tell me anything. I'm not important. So I don't know why they didn't. Some other guys, I don't know, a bunch of guys were deserving. Who was your favorite person you met at the Heisman? I saw it was like Tebow and Johnny. I saw Tebow, Johnny and RG3 in a video together. And it was like the weirdest triple of all time. Yeah, there's. There was all those dudes, yeah. I was trying to get a lift in with Tebow. He was he was trying to come get a lift in with us, but he had some media stuff. Was. But uh, <laughs> there's a bunch of dudes like Troy Smith was there. You know, Tony, Did you meet Tony my brother? Was, yeah, yeah. I, I met him right before the ceremony when he was walking. He was, uh, um, you know, he was with you know Matt and Caleb and you know all the other USC dudes. But it was mm-hmm. there's tons of dudes there. That's like all the legends you grew up watching. It's like you know, dang, you know, Coach Spurrier was there. You know, it was awesome. Danny Werfel. Danny Werfel. Wow, I bet you have never watched any Danny Werfel tape. I, I'm t- my Danny dad played quarterback. Me. My dad, my dad played quarterback in college, and he was, you know, always talked about it. And he he makes me watch all the good games, so I was able to sit with him at dinner. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. All right, we got two more names: Stetson Bennett. Yeah, he's a dude. I mean, you know, it's kind of funny to kind of get to know him and you know his story and all the things that he had to go through and and come up through. You know, coming in as a walk on and having to go JUCO and coming back and winning the national title and Heisman finalist. He got you know in the playoff again and just down to earth, dude. It's awesome. Last one, JJ McCarthy. You know, I don't know JJ like at all. I, I not too much. You know, I've been able to you know be able to follow him a little bit, but it's been fun watching him. You know, it'll be fun to compete against him. You know, on on thirty first. I'm stoked, dude. That's what the games are the thirty first. Are both of them that day, or is one thirty first? Yeah, or is both the thirty. Yeah, both New Year's Eve. The best, dude. New Year's Eve. That's that's the best, dude. That's gonna be awesome, man. Too sweet. All right, one more segment. QB to QB. We started this with Kirk Cousins a couple weeks ago. The concept is. We get our guests from the previous week to ask our guests the next week a question. Usually our guests don't know who the guest is going to be. It started off with Kirk Cousins asking Ryan Fitzpatrick what his cover zero answers were. Ryan Fitzpatrick asked Sam Darnold what his lowest point of adversity was and how he got over it, yada, yada, yada. We had XFL. Be anything. We, yeah, okay. be anything. We had XFL legend Ben DiNucci on last week, and he decided to switch it up and ask, would you rather have fingers for toes or toes for fingers? So this is a really deep one for you. <laughs> cool. uh, okay. Hold on. Ask it again. Fingers for toes and okay. and on your hand or toes for fingers, toes all around. Fingers as toes. It's gotta be right. Like yeah. that's even a question. Thumbs on your definitely, feet. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Def fingers as toes. Definitely the way to go. All right, so let's uh, we'll get your question for the next quarterback. Which would just be, but like, but you got like let that play out though. Like you're going to run, and it's like that changes everything. Well, you're just, right? you're just does that mean you can't really walk comfortably and you can't really run? Because I mean, I don't know about you two, but like I use my hands for all sorts of cool things. Well, imagine <laughs> like that would be your hands for if you had four though. It would be crazy, dude. Yeah. It's an interesting yeah, one. It's I hated different. the question, but we we're doing it. We're honoring it. There's the yeah, question. We have to honor it. I, I, I thought about before switching the question, but I, that's I'm a high character guy over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> locker room guy. All right. So 
it doesn't have to be specific for Herb Street. I usually don't tell the guys who move on next week, but it, it could be for anybody. And Herb Street's a former quarterback, anyways. So, question you want to throw for the next guest? You know, it's something. You know, obviously Kirk is quarterback and been around college football. So, just in case, sorry, just in case he bails on us, right? Okay. Maybe that's like I don't know who it is. Just the next question, but it's somebody who has played or is playing quarterback. Okay, favorite red zone concept. Great. Yeah, what's the favorite red zone concept? What's yours right now? Well, I don't want to give it up. I don't know. Say, well, say what's this? What's worked well this year? Right? Say, yeah. We, say, you're, yeah. say you're playing a quarters. I don't even know what Michigan runs. Say you're playing a, yeah. a red two quarters team in the red zone. Yeah, so something that I've always liked and, you know, used it, it's pretty basic, but running wide cross with deep post behind, just reading that free safety, seeing if you can kind of get like a little high-low on them, whether it's wide cross, whether it's, you know, stick – glance you know stick post something like that some high low Mm -hmm. variation where you can kind of get that you know high you know back end goal line post throw up by the you know upright i I think that's a one of my favorite concepts to throw down there especially against like a quarters team yeah where are you where are you calling that from like 20 25 you calling it any closer than that you know yeah why why cross post is probably around around the 20 if you get kind of lower down there you can kind of go stick glance something that we run you know kind of low red that you know you can bang a stick in maybe get a you know if you got a tall receiver Kind of throw it up to him on the post or glance. Red, like it. red zone's tough, man. Fucking everything's red, red zone yeah. league. The only thing though in college, man, you get on that hash. It's yeah. So much space over there. So much. So hard to defend that much area. That's what I'm saying. There's so much more you can do from in college when you get on those wide hashes. When you get down yeah. to red zone and and teams like I remember for the longest time in the NFL teams would just play like this soft drop cover three like at the goal line and they would just stand there and pass everything off and everything just looked like shit and if you didn't throw it right on time you were scrambling it's just it's tough man i like your answer though that's good yeah it's great all right let's shift in this is the last thing a little two minute drill so this is kind of low-key our favorite part so we get to know guys a little bit better we've had a couple that were solid and a couple that were like damn that was amazing but yeah we're gonna throw two minutes up on the board this is your journey, man. There's going to be some young guys that watch this. There's going to be some fans that are like, no way, that's badass. I didn't know that about him. And yeah, so two minutes, a little ball is going to move across the field when we show it. Okay, and cool. start this thing wherever you want, man. I know you're from a small town and now you're under some bright lights. So the highs, the lows, tell us about Max Duggan, Maxwell Duggan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I came from Council Plus, Iowa, you know, a, a decent town in Iowa, you know, not small, not huge, you know, grew up with, you know, my two parents that were, my dad played quarterback in college. My mom ran track. I got two adopted siblings from South Korea. So it's been fun getting to, you know, live my life with them. It's a little unique, different personalities, different mindsets, getting to be with them, but just been incredible. I played four sports in high school, football, basketball, baseball, track. Just love being out there with the boys, you know, being outside, things of that sort. But I went to school at TCU. You know, wanted to play there. Was fortunate enough to, to play as a freshman. You know, a lot of ups and downs. Weren't great on the field, but, you know, got a shot to go into my sophomore years. And then, you know, right before the season, I had a, a heart condition that I found out that I had since birth. Had a nine-hour heart procedure. You know, two days later, had an emergency surgery for a blood clot, so I had to get through that. Was able to play my sophomore year, you know, after that, didn't miss a game. Junior year, you know, getting into things again. About fourth game in, I break my foot things of that sort. I have to play through that, just adversity, things of that sort. Going into my senior year, new coaching staff, you know, lose my coach that I committed to. New coach comes in, I I lose the uh, starting spot in fall camp as a quarterback battle. Decide not to transfer, you know, want to stay there with with my guys that I grew up with. First game in, quarterback ends up, you know, unfortunately going down and, you know, I get a shot to go in and help lead this team and keep things going. You know, we've had a great season, been around these guys at TCU, a lot of a lot of accolades for, for my guys, and they deserve it. You know, get a shot to go play for a national championship against a great team. But just a lot of support in my corner. You know, a lot of people from from Council Plus to TCU that have had my back. And I'm just grateful to be in this position with all those all those people. And, you know, love to share my story. I had no clue about two adopted siblings. You said from South Korea, too? Yes, sir. Yep, South Korea. Do you speak any of, like, what what's the language over there? Yeah, so they were actually both adopted before I was born. My, so my, yeah, so they, my brother and sister were adopted before I was born. So I grew up with them and I don't, my, they were adopted by when they were like six months old. Oh, okay. So, so, you know, yeah, they don't, they don't know us, but you know, when I graduate on, and I'm done with football, you know, we're going to try to, you know, take a trip out there and, you know, check it out. It's going to be pretty cool. And your heart condition. I mean, I need to do more research on this, but that's unbelievable. Your heart condition, nine hour surgery, blood clot a couple of days later. 
was it what was the heart condition like exactly it's called wolf parkinson white syndrome so i i had it since birth but i found out of it when i got covid and you have to do all those heart screenings yeah. to come back and play you do an EKG guys. and yeah. yeah so then they found out about it and yeah i go in it's supposed to be a two-hour procedure ends up taking nine hours it's just something that makes your heart beat you know really really fast like my heartbeat when i did my test got up to 269 beats per minute what and i think you die at like 300 what that's unbelievable yeah i go through that takes a little bit longer than it needs to two days later i have a a blood clot so go into emergency surgery for that but you know i was able to be there for the first game do you have anything like pacemaker i don't even know the situation no so i wasn't i wasn't opened up they went through my neck and my groin with a bunch of catheters a bunch of pipes all that you know stuff like that it was kind of weird because they couldn't put me to sleep because my heart needed to pump so i was awake for like the whole nine hours no way yeah, I could like talk to them. I was loopy and all that, but I could talk to the doctors and be like, hey, what? I feel this. Nine it hurts. Like, hours. It was, it was what did weird. you do? Did you have like a TV or anything? Or you were- No, no, because I'm like, it was pretty much like you were in and out of a dream, but like you're just laying there and they're trying to, hey, Max, you doing okay? You feel this? Does it hurt? Like, yeah, it hurts. Like, you know, pump me with more medicine, whatever it was. But yeah, God. my mom was freaking out. <laughs> That's so gnarly, dude. That is bananas, dude. That's why we do the two-minute show right there, man. That was incredible. That was awesome with the time to spare, too. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, man. That's real. And we just, Kyle and I, see the world the same way, see this position the same way. And it's it's a series of ups and downs. It's how do you handle them? We see people that are really good at handling success. It's adversity that cripples them. We see people that are at their best when their back's against the wall, but they got a success problem. Things go well. They don't know how to handle it. And they that's what screws them up. So I think when you can enter into the league, which you'll do after this title run, if you've got a bunch of things that you've dealt with on both, if you've got some reps at, at adversity, like some of the things that you you mentioned, and if you've got some reps at success, which this was not the first successful thing you've done. I mean, shit, we met at the Elite 11. You were one of the top recruits in the country, all that, right? So you've had success too. I just think you're much more prepared to go into the league than if you've only had one, if you've only had success or if you've only been shit on and so man i got a lot of i got i got a lot of confidence in how this is going to go for you and i'm pumped for you and thanks for coming on man yeah i appreciate you guys having me on it's, it's been a lot of fun yeah dude good luck appreciate you yeah. taking time man we'll be watching yes, sir thanks y'all all right that was max doug and jordan i think we both just looked at each other after that interview we were like that's fucking dude right there Especially the two minute drill it's like that's a dude you know what i always dude. like to hear when when guys talk about their two minute drills on here there's some guys that will go and just, it'll just be strictly football, right? In high school, I started and then I, mm-hmm. the job and I got recruited, but I love it when guys, like when you ask them about their story and I, I like how we don't preface it too, because I want to know what matters to them. Yeah. Like, when guys start off their story, like with their family and their background and the things that, that mean the most to them, like I just, I connect with those people so much more. I think like Max talking about his two adopted siblings from South Korea and his, his heart issues and all this that I didn't know about. Maybe I should have done my research better, but I mean, what a guy. It just makes me want to root for him even more. I'm excited to meet him when you go out and train him this off season too. Yeah. I think there's like something too to small town folks, but like, I don't know. I mean, cause when I was in college and went to school in El Paso, but no one on the team is from El Paso. So everyone's from all over Texas. So like in the off seasons, I would, you know, I'd go to Giddings, Texas. I'd mm-hmm. go to Bellevue, Texas. You know what I mean? These like, you know, I would go to Austin too, but like I go to these random small towns and kick it with my buddies and hang out with the family and all that. And it's like, I just feel like small time people, definitely the gossip thing's different, right? Everyone's in everybody's shit. But like at the same time, it kind of puts you in a position where you can't be full of shit because everybody knows everything about you, mm-hmm. right? So you can't put on a front and pretend to be this thing. I'm not even talking about the quarterback. I'm just talking about like the people. You can't put on this whole front because everybody knows everything about everybody. And so there's negatives on the gossip, you know, that's what people complain about in small towns from my experience. But on the other side of it, it kind of makes you incapable of being full of shit. Mm-hmm. That's the vibe I get from him. Like, there's just like no bullshit. He's just a real one, you know, and we'll see where his career goes. We'll see what happens here or there. But the undeniable one, and you've been around every guy I've been bringing through here and your radar goes off right away. And it's like this one, that, this guy, Max, like. He's incapable of bullshit. He's a real one. It's a real one. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch it, man. This is going to be a great, great, be a great college football playoff, dude. Like, I mean, I just, I still don't know if anyone can fuck with Georgia, but I don't think they can, but like, I can't wait for this other game. But if anybody 
I, I don't know, but Ohio State can score. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'll see, man. I, I mean, I'm glad it's Georgia Ohio State to start. That is, it's the best setup because this is the CJ best. could totally throw six touchdowns. Yes, you know what I mean? Like to I a bunch of superstars. Yeah, I'm excited. So, yeah, it's be great. Right. Great episode, episode 19. Season one's almost up. We're going through the. We're gonna go through the Super Bowl. We got. Probably what is that? Five or six more episodes for you guys. Season one, mm-hmm. and then season two is going to bring a lot of new stuff, a lot of different types of interviews. We got some different shit going on now. We've been, we've been trying to plot it out for a while, so we're excited yeah. about shit to you guys. What well, we always end though with a little moment of gratitude. Kyle, what are you grateful for right now, man? I feel like I said this the last time, but I'm grateful for Christmas, man. I'd love you can be extra grateful for Christmas. I'm going to be grateful for Christmas until after Christmas, but Christmas is the best, man. I love, I love the holidays. I, you saw probably saw it on my Instagram with the team allowed us to like do our, our Christmas photos on the field this year. And they put up on like the big screen, like Merry Christmas from Kyle summer and Duke, my dog. And we had, we had our dog just running sprints on the field out there like I love this has been the best organization from like a family standpoint. Like they're great with the the wives and, and fiancés and girlfriends. Like they're great with the family. Like this has been just an awesome experience from that perspective. But Christmas That's is awesome. Best. Christmas. I agree. Is, what about you? I dude, I'm grateful for I had to put I t- you know this, Kyle. No one else knows this. I had to put my dog down the other day. I had my dog for almost 16 years. Oh I was 22 years old when I got her. I had no idea. I was living with my in-laws. I just gotten and Dottie and I were talking about all the different places that have been home. And the reality is when you look back, like she was home, right? Because mm-hmm. that was extended stay motels, that was apartments, that was condos. That was houses. That was my brother's house. That was, you know what I mean? And so I'm just grateful. We have no regrets. Peter girl, little pug. I haven't posted about it. I don't want to get emotional. I'm just going to end this. But like, I'm super grateful for this just epic dog. And it's so funny. I, I did a card deal and I, I got like a $30,000 signing bonus as a late six round pick. I probably did like another 20 in card deals. So coming out of college, I had like 50 grand, but hold up. I paid marketing and I paid the, you know, the commission on it. And then I paid taxes. So when I bought, I had like $17,000 or something like that in my bank account to my name. Right. And by the way, like, no, I was on a team. (laughs) I got cut. That's 17 grand. And I bought her for 1500. So basically 10% of my net worth was invested in a dog. And it was the best investment ever. So I just, I'm just super grateful for my dog. And that's why I'm not balling right now. But yeah, heavy couple of days around here, but uh, for my dog, Peter. So if you're watching this, take a second, think about what you're grateful for. Lots to be grateful for right now, this time of year. And we will be back next week, a little special episode, episode 20. And thank you for tuning in. If you haven't already, please like, please subscribe, and please turn notifications on. And you can follow us on social as well. I'm Jordan Palmer. He's Kyle Allen. We're on The Room with Kyle and Jordan and all that other stuff. Amazon, or not Amazon, Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. So thank you for tuning in. Big guest next week. One of the most famous people in football next week. Two two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. One of the most famous people in football. Peace.